holy cow, you guys. I I could apologize for this incredible lack of wonderful podcast, but I won't. <laughs> I will. Actually, I'll apologize. I'm sorry it's been so long. I moved to a new place, and that didn't take a month. Um, but it just sort of threw everything off whack, and then it was a crazy time at work, and I've just been busy, busy, busy bees. But I'm back, and I'm here with a brand new episode of Decommunist, so thank you much for tuning in. Thank you much, thank you so much. Either way you want to do it, I'm glad that your ears are tuned in to my talkings. As an update, I have a new library where I'm recording my podcast. Uh, Still on my phone, still with my headphones, so uh, audio quality, probably not that much better, but slow advances. Um, The library is currently just filled with boxes because I'm very, very bad at moving. It takes me way too long to get unpacked. That's just a fun fact about me. But you don't care about that. You care about this week's Disney Channel original movie that we're going to talk about, and it is 2004's Pixel Perfect. Wowzer. When I was a wee lass, Pixel Perfect was probably top five favorite Disney Channel original movies. I bought the CD soundtrack, like a physical CD. I went to the store and I said, Mother, please, might I have this wonderful compact disc full of audio of singing and songs that I enjoy? And she said, absolutely. I love you. I've given you everything you've ever wanted in this world as your mother. Your father and I both want you to have this because we want you to be happy. That was a tangent, but I just want you guys to know my parents are super cool and have always been very nice. (laughs) Anyway, so I really, really, really did love this movie. Watching it again now, though, it's, whoo, there is a lot. There is a lot, lot, lot. It's creepier than I remember it being. It's a little bit deeper than I remember it being, and it's way more well-written than I would have ever anticipated, given the fact that it's a Disney Channel original movie. Let me get you started with the basics. I think I already mentioned came out in 2004. Time for my favorite section, IMDb People of Note. First and foremost is Ricky Ullman. Ricky Ullman plays Roscoe in the film, but we all know him better as Phil, Phil of the future. It's a 21st, 22nd century kid. Probably 22nd because we're in the 21st century. <laughs> it's crazy how that works. You know, 1800s is the 19th century. You get it. <laughs> We've all taken a history class. Anyway, Ricky Ullman, as a fun fact, if you didn't know, a long time ago, and by a long time ago, I think I might have been in junior high or maybe middle school, Ricky Ullman came to the Urbana Middle School to do something with Disney. He was like out promoting, I don't know, probably exercise. What is Disney ever doing? So he came to the Urbana Middle School and they filmed it and it was a commercial. And my friend Maddie told me about this and I did not believe her. I was like, girl, you tripping. We stayed up very, very late one night because people weren't searching things on the internet. That just wasn't how things were happening. Like, if you wanted to see something on TV, you still kind of had to wait. It's, you know, it wasn't the 80s by any means, but you had to take your time sometimes to get some quality content. Anyway, we stay up very late. We watch it. Boom. Ricky Ullman was in Urbana. Oh, my God. I was so jealous. So jealous. And then I also felt very bad for ever doubting my dear friend Maddie Calcagna. So I'd like to take this time, roughly 15 years later, to say, Hey, Maddie, sorry about that. You were right. Ricky Ullman certainly was at the Urbana Middle School, and it was a commercial on Disney Channel. (laughs) Okay, other people in 
the movie. Leah Pipes, she plays Samantha. She's been in like a ton of stuff. She was in one episode of Glee. I don't really remember her in Glee because Glee got very, very bad towards the end. I could do a whole other podcast about why Glee just went downhill, but I won't. But if I did, it'd be called Glee. Oh, no. (laughs) What a terrible title. Anyway, but I was scrolling through her IMDb page and she had a, a movie called Her Best Move. It was a soccer movie. I didn't check the years, but I'm going to guess it was like a low-budget rip-off of She's the Man, just sort of trying to capitalize on a female soccer movie. You know how these Hollywood types are. The reason I'm bringing it up, though, the cover for this movie is a picture of her and Scott Patterson. Scott Patterson plays Luke Danes on Gilmore Girls, for those not in the know. And it's the two of them, and she's like wearing like a pink outfit and I think pumps, and she's got like a soccer ball, and he's sort of standing there, uh, like arms, you know, arms crossed in a tracksuit, but it's so clear that they are both photoshopped in that it made me stop and laugh. If you really need to check it out, which I think you all should, go to imdb.com, search her best move, Scott Patterson, Leah Pipes. You'll you'll get a good a good chortle. You, I mean, you won't fall out of your chair laughing, but I think you'll like it. And then, last but not least, uh, Spencer Redford plays Loretta Modern. Loretta Modern is. Um, Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie, a hologram. Oh, she's a hologram that they designed to, uh, they designed her to front this band. Spencer Redford herself, I don't know. I don't remember her being anything else. Oh, yes, I do. She was, um, she was, um, a young Sally Sitwell in Arrested Development. That's why I brought this up. She's the one that is, like, trying to flirt with Michael and, like, steal the golf cart or whatever. If you've seen Arrested Development, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen Arrested Development, you're very confused. Hit that fast-forward 15 seconds, and we can get past all of this. But, yeah, so those are the three people that I felt like bringing up. Um, Nothing too crazy. Obviously, Ricky Ullman is number one. We all love him so, so much. It is time for a plot summary of Pixel Perfect, for those not in the know. I feel like I say that a lot. It's okay if you're not in the know. Who gives a shit? I don't. Be not in the know. Don't watch a Disney Channel original movie. Just listen to me talk about it. That's fine. With that being said, I do think it would be great if all of you took the time out of your day to watch Pixel Perfect just because it's great and I think that if we can all start watching all these movies around the same time, Disney Channel themselves will notice a certain uptick at certain times in a certain area of a film. They'll reach out to me. Then I'll get to meet everybody for motocross. (laughs) Okay. Pixel Perfect, it's a, a group of gals, and they have a band, and they are called the Zeta Bites. And they are three of them, they're a rock band, they're auditioning for this show, and this really creepy club owner is like, you guys aren't, you're not cutting it, I'm not into it, I'm not feeling it, get a new lead singer. Because the Samantha, the lead singer, can't dance. I will get back to that, because I have a whole section of this podcast devoted to the uckiest moments, and that's one of them, top five, no question. Anyway, he's like, you guys, get a lead singer who can dance. Come back when you do it. So they're auditioning lead singers. They're doing terrible things. Um, One's like step dancing or Irish step dancing, whatever. Just not cutting it. This other girl walks in, blonde, curly hair. She's like, hello. She's kind of weird. You're suspicious of her. Uh, That's because she's a hologram, you guys. She goes in, she sings, she dances. She's, She's pitch perfect. Oh, Anna Kendrick. It's not Anna Kendrick. She's, she's singing, she's dancing, they love her, they're like, oh, wow, you're so great. And then somebody interacts with her in some way, I can't remember if it's like a handshake or a reach or whatever, but they go through her. 
And let me tell you, you don't want to go through a person. Like, if you reach out and you think you're going to touch something solid and you go through it, that's very unsettling. So, of course, they're like, whoa, jump back. Oh, my God, what is this? And then Ricky Ullman's character, Roscoe's like, uh-huh, yeah, meet your new lead singer. Her name's Loretta. I designed her on my computer. So you find out Ricky, his dad, Xander, works for some big tech company, and he has this technology to do holograms, but he's not doing anything with it. Ricky takes matters into his own hands. Has previously designed a cat. The cat can change colors. He can be plaid. He can be zebra stripes. He's like, well, if I can design a cat, I can design a woman. Because, you know, let's all play God. <laughs> Any hoozles. He makes this uh, lead singer Loretta for the band. They go re-audition. They crush it. Everybody loves her. But here's the problem. Sam likes Roscoe. And we think that Roscoe likes Sam, but now guess what? Things are getting a little creepy because Roscoe seems way more interested in Loretta. Loretta, who is not real. Again, Ucky. So there's tension there, but the band is getting more and more popular because she's a, she's a perfect singer because she's computer generated. She's hitting all the right notes. She's hitting all the right moves. Just like that One Republic song. So <laughs> she... um. She's, whew, I got lost in my own head there for a second. I was thinking about One Republic, and then you know how that goes. You're just, you're sort of, wow, I'm really lost. Let me take a minute to recollect myself. And we're back. They go to do this big show. Somebody throws a beach ball. It goes right through her. Oh, no. Their secret's out. They think they're busted for sure. No, it turns out it's 2004. Everybody's super into technology. Holographic lead singer. Let's do this. So that makes the band get even bigger. They're exploding on the scene. Loretta and Sam and Roscoe are all fighting. Sam hates Loretta because she's stealing Roscoe's attention. Roscoe's mad at Sam because she doesn't like Loretta. It's all, it's just, it's super creepy when you get right down to it. But anyway, they get so big that this big record producer guy is like, yeah, I'm going to sign you guys. Let's make a record. So they sign her and they start making the record, but they're making it all about Loretta. And by the way, prior to Loretta, there was three people in this band. Sam is really the only one that has a problem with Loretta. The other two, the drummer and the bass player, they were cool with kicking back and just enjoying the success. Whatever. <laughs> so they, they get signed to this big label. Things are getting tense. And then the record label, like higher up, not the person that signed him, but the person above him comes in and he wants to basically own Loretta and Ricky Ullman. Hates that. He's like, you can't own her, she's a person. And they're like, no, she's property. And they're not wrong, she's, she's not a person. But that's a whole other debate that we can get into later. So Loretta frees herself, she emails herself, she goes into the internet. <laughs> because that's what you do when you're a hologram. So she goes into the internet and um, they have a show and they're like, oh no, what are we going to do for the show? Loretta's gone. Sam's like, I got this. I, she had been sort of practicing her dancing to be more like Loretta. She gets on stage, starts doing her, or her attempt at Loretta's dancing, does a cartwheel, and every, like, the, the movie slows down and it gets very tense, as if, though, doing a cartwheel is the most intense thing a person can do. A little dramatic. Anyway, cartwheels, boom, right off the stage, smacks her head real good. Oh, no, she is in a coma. Oh no, Sam's in a coma, Loretta's in the internet, Ricky is very focused on Sam, caring very little about Loretta. Loretta manages to get off the internet back to the hospital, I'll tell you about that whole process later. 
see Sam's like, what's going on? Has to have explained to her comas. And she's like, what's this? A computer that's monitoring her brain? Let me go in it. So Loretta goes into Sam's brain through her like EKG machine. I don't know. So anyway, she's in her brain. And I guess it's very hard to sort of uh, make something very conceptual, visual, like showing the brain is tough. So they have Sam sort of sitting in a dirty, dry desert with like, you know, cracked, caked dirt and a dead tree and stringy gross hair over her face looking a bit like the chick from the ring and a broken guitar. And Loretta's like, oh, Sam, your guitar's broke. Let me help you fix it. So she helps her fix her guitar and plays music and the tree blooms and grass grows and she's healed. But then things get glitchy and they're like, oh, no, what's happening? There's like, there's only room for one of us in here. Cut to Sam in the hospital waking up, looking around. They're like, Sam, what's up? She's like, huh, what's this? It's Loretta. Loretta has somehow managed to take over Sam's body. I don't know. Anyway, so she's taking over Sam's body. Walks out of the hospital because this whole movie she's been obsessed with feeling the rain. Thank God there's a thunderstorm. Goes out, feels the rain. Is like, this is great. This is all I wanted. Boom, collapses. Sam's back. Loretta's gone. End of movie. No, because that wasn't creepy enough. They got it a little bit creepier. Here's what they do. Zeta Bites reconvene. They're playing a, a new show. Everyone likes them, I guess, without Loretta now because Sam smacked her head. You know how tragedy is. So then they're playing the show. Everything's going great. And they're like, oh, wow, that was great. You know, thanks, guys, for singing backup harmonies. And they're like, we weren't singing backup harmonies. And then you look, and Loretta, who was a hologram, is like sort of faded, like, ghost-like on the stage, and she sort of smiles at Roscoe and then disappears. And he's like, I guess the Zetabites have a guardian angel. And I'm like, ew, what? She's, how does that, she's a hologram, and now she's a, oh, God. It's, you can't end a movie like that. It really, it really bothered me, <laughs> as you can tell by how I'm yelling about it. But it was weird. Very weird way to end the movie, but that's how it ends. I guess everybody's happy. Sam and Roscoe, I think, smooch at some point. So that whole love triangle is resolved. Although it shouldn't have been. Because Sam could have done so much better. And that's why I think it's now time to get into Pixel Perfect's ickiest moments. Ickiest, uckiest, most upsetting moments of the film. Let's get started. I already sort of talked about it. But when the Zetabites are auditioning for the club owner, who is like a middle-aged man, they say... Oh, here's our songs, here's our musical stylings, accept us if you will. And he's like, no, you're, um, you can't, if you can't dance, what's the point? He literally, I should, I'll just get into this now too, I'll combine two segments. Neil Schusterman wrote the teleplay for this. Neil Schusterman has got some really, actually, very good lines in this movie. As I said, it is pretty well, well written. Um, so I'll share with you one of my favorites. This one I liked because of its skewering of pop music at the time, and kind of pop music right now, too. Pop music, as much as the sound has changed, the culture behind it hasn't. Anyway, so he says to these gals as they're auditioning, it's not about image anymore, it's not, it's not about sound anymore, it's about image. And he's, you know, he's kind of right, but it's also ucky, because he's old, and they're high school girls, and he shouldn't be leering at them like that, but he does. Ew, 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 ew. So that's one of my least favorite moments. That might be my top, my number one uckiest moment. These aren't going to be ranked. I shouldn't have said that. They're just how they happen chronologically. Later in the film, 
Roscoe is preparing Loretta for one of their shows, and he's got his little, he's this little teeny tiny computer that I thought was so funny. He's going to just, you know, it would be an iPad now. Like, let's just put it that way. It's just like a tiny little personal guy. Anyway, he's getting her ready. He's like checking her levels and but he, he likes her. Like he's flirting with her in a creepy way. And then the uh, bassist goes, oh, it's so sweet. It's like he's her mother. And I'm like, what kind of Freudian bullshit is this? It's not sweet. He's creepily, you know, tweaking his creation. He's like, Frankenstein, if Frankenstein's monster was hot. Although, an argument could be made. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've read the book. He's not hot. Anyway, um, so that that's another, another ucky moment. I've got a whole, just a list right here that I'm reading, so I'm sorry if this is not enthralling. Okay, here I'll enthrall you with the story of a very creepy photo shoot that Roscoe and Loretta do. He's trying to figure out how she'll photograph because, as I've mentioned several times, she's a hologram, you guys. She's not a solid thing. She's a series of light and and uh, light and other light. It's just light on light. It's a hologram. Shut up. I don't know science. Anyway, so he's trying to figure out how she's going to photograph, and he's like, look, shocked. And she does a very classic, over-the-top shock face. Look surprised, X, Y, Z. And then he goes, look like you're in love. And she hits him with a great love look. I'll give her that. Spencer Redford, the actress... Nailed it. Loretta Modern googled love look and performed. And then Ricky responds, excuse me, Roscoe responds to that. Like, he's like, oh, I love you too. But I'm like, bitch, you told her to look like that. It's not cute that she's looking like that when you've asked her to. And then to sort of punctuate that in the film, she snaps right back out of it. She's like, was that good? And then he's like, oh, sh uh, yeah, you're a fucking hologram. <laughs> I shouldn't love you. I can't have sex with you. That might be a little crude, but that's where this is headed, folks. Okay. That's where everything heads. Not everything. But this particular, for instance, I feel like that's where that was headed. I got a little off topic and a little gross. I'm so sorry. So, Roscoe builds Loretta and he has... He Google images like famous, beautiful women and he sort of pulls from them. And he's like her nose, her eyes, whatever, to create this quote-unquote perfect woman... And he's got a folder, and Sam finds this folder, and she's thumbing through it, and she sees pictures of herself. And she's slightly touched to begin with. She's like, oh, Roscoe thinks I'm beautiful, but then gets less and less touched <laughs> because he keeps, like, cutting out. Like, he's like, eyes, and he's like, nope. And then he's like, smile, and he's like, nope. And it's just like a list of all the traits of hers that he doesn't like. And for some reason, this inspires her to, like, want to be more for him. I'm like... Girl, you need to see this creepy-ass behavior and go, you know what? Fuck you. I'm out. I'm a great, talented, strong, independent woman. I'm out of here. Here's my thing. Sam has two posters. Not one. Two posters of Avril Lavigne in her room, okay? She and I actually have the same one. She's wearing a... Uh, it's a black and white. She's wearing a, a parka with a fur-lined hood and she's doing a rock-on symbol because she's a badass. Same poster. Me and Sam both. I remember as a kid... Back in 04, being like, oh shit, I have that poster. Anyway, Avril Lavigne would not have stood for this. He was a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. You know? Whatever. Like, she, Sam did not need to be falling all over Roscoe, but she was because she's young and in love. But she has this physical evidence of how fucking creepy he is. She's like, oh, I guess I could be more like that. And then she does confront him about it later. She's like, what part of me is her? He's like, what? You know how dumb people are. What? What part of me did you like enough to keep? And then he says, her shoulders. Like, excuse me? Her shoulders? I feel like you don't have to pick out shoulders. 
If you're generating a, a fucking Sims, there's you only one shot of shoulders. Nobody picks shoulders. So stupid. Roscoe's so stupid and ucky. I hate him very much. I need to calm down. It's a movie. It was a long time ago. Everything is going to be okay. Last but not least, I told you about how he decided to create her, but when Sam is, or when um, Roscoe's actually working on Loretta, tweaking her this way and that way, which by the way in itself is a creepy concept. I think I've addressed that enough, okay? She's literally on a pedestal, and you, it's where she needs to be for the computers to line up or whatever, but it's he puts her on a pedestal. Like, it's actually happening. There she is. And he sits there in his little computer and he tick 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 types away, fixing her, quote-unquote. And it's... Mm, hmm. It's... I think... Yeah, what I like about it is that the movie clearly did it on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were like, are you guys going to catch on this? Which, again, Disney Channel original movie, really raising the bar. What I don't like about it, within the scope of the film, is it's ucky. <laughs> okay, so those are my uckiest moments. Um, there's probably plenty more, but, you know, I think at some point I just have to move on. So I'm going to go, I'm going to scoot, scoot, scoot right past uckiness, and we're going to go back into what I was talking about with Neil Schusterman's great lines. So back when they were at the club auditioning, another great line from that that I really liked was, no one cares about real, they want larger than life. And again, this was, they were talking about pop music. I was like, you know what? That's actually pretty true. I hate to put Britney Spears on blast because she's a goddess and I love her. But if you think about it, she was, she wasn't real. She was larger than life in every way. And she's never quite managed to get real. I'm thinking of the VMAs, what, last week or two weeks ago? Girl didn't sing a one word. She did not. Neither did Rihanna, but Rihanna did sing like maybe one of your other word and then she would just sort of dance. So it's not real, it's larger than life. Beyonce is not real. Beyonce is a god descended from above, blessing us with her presence and we should all be so grateful. But they're not, they're just huge. Lady Gaga, like all these big names in pop music are larger than life. I just thought it was really interesting that they were in this little tiny made for TV movie addressing that and it made me think a lot. And then it made me want to listen to Britney Spears some more. So, of course, I did. Lucky is the best Britney Spears song. She's so lucky. She's a star, but she cry, cry, cries in her lonely heart, thinking, if there's nothing missing from this life, then why do my tears come at night? You're welcome. I decided to let all of you just enjoy that. So, the whole issue of Loretta being a hologram or a person, having her own rights, having her own um, sense of self. What's that thing where you like have the ability to make decisions for yourself? There's a word for it. I might think of it later. For now, just know that's what I'm referring to. And there's a lot of great like Blade Runner style lines circling around this. One of my personal favorites is um, it uh, happens when Roscoe and Sam are discussing Loretta and Sam's getting mad at Roscoe for treating her like a person when she doesn't think she is. And he's like, or Sam says to Roscoe, you know, just like put her away and like make her do X, Y, and Z. And Roscoe goes, she's not a pet. She's a person. And Sam snaps back. She's a program. 
I'm like, oh, damn, you guys. First of all, I love a good alliteration, PPP. And, but we are really getting into some heavy-hitting issues. And then Loretta gets that sort of self-awareness that you don't like when robots and holograms get because she starts to question her place in this world. And she's, frankly, not digging it. So she says to Roscoe, her creator, you know, oh, her god, I guess. She says, why am I here? Do you know why you're here? And it's like, oh, shit. As, you know, a kid watching that, I'm like, damn, why are we here? You know, I had an existential crisis back in 2004 because friggin' Pixel Perfect. And then Roscoe says back to Loretta, maybe I'm here to battle perfection. Maybe I'm here to make you. And I was like, first of all, She's at, she's really coming out on, on on a line and opening herself up to you, Roscoe. But you can't seem to get past your own quest for perfection because you're a real sack of potatoes and you don't want to be a sack of potatoes. You want to be a good person. You want to be a sack of candy. Anyway, so Roscoe does have this whole big thing with perfection and he kind of blames it on his dad. His dad, I, his mom and his dad are divorced and his dad seems like a real asshole, but for some reason he's with his dad. Please don't ask me why. But so they're sitting down to dinner towards the end of the film. Roscoe's asking his dad, whose name is Xander, by the way. What a great name. Not for a dad, but for a tech movie. <laughs> He's like, Dad, blah, blah, blah. You know, perfection, is it worth it? You've strived for perfection your whole life, and you're alone. And his dad's like, damn, son, you've cut me to my core. <laughs> but what he, what he really says is... The more you try to find perfection in people, the more meals you'll eat alone. Oh, oh God, you guys. It hit me right in the heart. And this is a, a movie for children. The more meals you'll eat alone. I almost couldn't handle that. That was almost too much for me. But so Roscoe now is sort of accepting that maybe what he has done wasn't super hot. And so Loretta's coming at him and she's, you know, she, they're fighting and she's like, program me to not argue. And it's like, Oh damn. That's when you know that she's really got a, a lock on this world when she knows that she can be programmed to not do something because she knows it's annoying him. It's too much. You know, who's a, who's an Android and who's real. <laughs> was What's-His-Face, that very famous actor whose name I'm forgetting, Harrison Ford, was he an android or was he a real person? We just don't know, although they're making a sequel, so we'll probably find out, but frankly, leave well enough alone. Anyway, they have a big argument, and she's sort of feeling like it's not... She didn't want to be a hologram. She says out loud in this movie, she says, it's not fair that you made me this way, and I'm just freaking out over here you guys you might just you might as well at this point just go watch the movie because it's so intense and there's so many moments like that I was watching it in my parents basement eating a bowl of popcorn and I just kept going oh oh my god and I'm just like like scribbling these down because I want to remember them for this podcast but I was freaking the geek out it is a heavy film but we're gonna go to my all-time favorite line from this movie Roscoe um, Loretta sort of saying, you know, I'm XYZ, I don't like this. And he says, you're everything I hoped you would be. And she says, what about what I wanted to be? Oh my God. What about what she wanted to be, Roscoe? You absolute asshole. What about what she wanted to be?
he never thought to think about what she wanted to be. Because, you know, the fallacy of man, but also because he's a teenage boy who created a woman. Creepy. But I'm just... I I mean, jaw on the floor at some points in this movie. It is so gosh darn intense. Okay. I think I've addressed all of the wonderful, very intense moments that I wanted to talk to about this. I really feel like I want to do a very critical reading, like 20-page paper about this movie and how it should be considered one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time. We'll see. We'll take it one step at a time. But I'm going to sort of... Um, slowly surface from this very intellectual deep pool that I have brought us all down to. And honestly, if we're being real with one another, not that intellectual. I mean, I'm only me. (laughs) We're going to go to the surface and we're going to talk about, to close out, just some funny things about this movie. My favorite thing, and I feel like I've already said this about this movie, so forgive me, I just really like it. Something that has stuck with me all these years from this movie is when Loretta goes into the internet The way they show the internet, for some reason, is so funny to me. They basically try to make it seem like a superhighway, the information superhighway. They're really going for it. And there's, like, data and, like, pictures and all this stuff flying around. And Letters sort of pops up. And she's like, "Uh uh-oh, what do I do? And this huge garbage truck just pulls up and slams right in front of her. And the guy's like, you're not supposed to be here. What are you? And she's like, I need to send myself in an email. He's like, okay, get in. And he's a search engine. Um, I'm really not doing this justice at all. It's a very visually funny thing. Just go check it out. Just, 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 just go look. But know that since I was a kid, when I think about the internet, I think about it this way. Like, I was like, obviously this is how the internet works. There's little people inside it, and they're running everything for me. Also, there's a woman who looks like flow, but like a go-go's flow who works in information kiosk. And she's the one that emails Loretta, like as if though there's a, some sort of uh, concierge who will email you on the internet. Basically ask Jeeves, but more 60s and cool. Uh, what else? This movie, this movie, this movie. The movie itself, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's basically a, a movie about a band. I mean, there's obviously a lot going on, but at the core of the issue, it's about a hologram and a band. It's like Jem. I don't think she's a hologram, though. Was it Jem and the holograms? I could Google it, but I don't want to. Anyway, the actresses who are in this film are not good at pretending to play instruments. It is not their strong suit. They're playing the guitar. Their hands don't move a once. Although different chords are coming through the music. Not not playing. As I mentioned many minutes ago at the beginning of this podcast, I did have the CD. Neither Spencer Redford or Leah Pipes, in my personal opinion, is actually singing on this CD. The women who sing the soundtrack sound like they're about 10 years older than high schoolers. Like, they sound like full-grown women. I loved it. If I can figure out a way to play you my favorite song at the end of this podcast, I'm podcast. Podcast? I'm sure shit gonna... But just YouTube Pixel Perfect soundtrack and just listen and tell me if you think that that's even close to who is actually singing. Um, And then Loretta, who's supposed to be this great, wonderful performer, they're a rock band. They're playing rock songs. And by rock, I'm talking about Avril Lavigne level of rock. So use that as your personal gauge. I think that's 100% pure rock and roll. Others maybe not so much. I accept that. But she's dancing and she's doing like these weird 
ballet-type moves that just don't go with the music at all, but everyone's fawning over her in the movie. And I'm like, mm, that's... I don't really know how you could dance to rock and roll in the first place, but what this is is not what I would interpret it to be. Um, and then I, I really don't know if I've talked about this before or not before on the podcast, but my favorite thing, one of my all-time favorite things in any movie, it goes, number one, makeovers. Number two, fashion montages. <gasps> yes, go shopping, go dance around in a mirror with all your different outfits on. I live for that. And this movie defying all the odds has one for no point like they're doing a photo shoot for their band I think they just wanted something to play their music over who knows but I'm so grateful because I love a good fashion montage well you guys holy cats and mire I think that'll do I think I have said everything I want to say about 2004's pixel perfect until my 20 page dissertation about why it's better than Space Odyssey comes out. Until then, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to hear about our particular movie next time, let me know. Nobody ever seems to. I'm not judging you, but I'm just saying uh, to you guys, uh, I would love some suggestions. If not, I will just pick one. And now that I'm back in the swing of things, hopefully I will go back on my bi-weekly posting basis. I might make you another one next week to make up for my lack of entertainment, using the term lightly. I'm entertained when I do this. I don't know about you guys. Uh, But until then, thanks again for listening. And I'm going to try to play for you my favorite song from the Pixel Perfect soundtrack. So if you hear music after this, enjoy. If not, wow, I'm so sorry. I'm clearly a huge failure. Okay, thanks for listening again. I love you. Bye! Here's the story of a girl Living in a lonely world A hidden note, a secret crush A little boy who talks too much Well, I'm standing in a crowd And when you smile, I check you out But you don't even know my name You're too busy playing games And I 